This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. Our engineering department has done an excellent job of refining some of the things that we've been doing year in and year out to the point where we've been able to increase production on primarily our control valves, but also mineral tanks and brine tanks and all the essentials. That's WQA member Doug Herring talking about the changes his company has made in the wake of the pandemic to deal with productivity and supply chain issues. And welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote the betterment of water quality around the world. Find us at our website, wqa.org, on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is episode number 241. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. Also, if you wouldn't mind, do us a favor, go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review, and we certainly would appreciate that. We are publishing this on November 17th of 2021 during Member Appreciation Month at WQA. We really appreciate our members, and if you are not a member, now's the best time to join. Go to wqa.org membership for all of the information and to sign up right now. In this episode, we'll talk with Denise Urbans, Brett Tangley, and Doug Herring, three veteran WQA members, all in the WQA Hall of Fame, and they'll be part of a special panel discussion with me on how they're wrapping up 2021 and looking ahead to the challenges for 2022, and what they're planning to change in the coming months. Later, we'll have our WQA tip. Now onto my conversation with Doug Herring, Denise Urbans, and Brett Tangley on WQA Radio. We want to welcome in our panel, our special panel for this edition of WQA Radio. We've got Denise Urbans, we've got Doug Herring, and we've got Brett Tangley. But I want to just pause for a moment and have them introduce themselves uh, for our WQA audience. These names are familiar, but I just want to make sure everybody has uh, a, a little better understanding of who we're talking to. So, Brett, let me start with you and then go to Denise and then Doug. Well, thanks, Wes, and it's nice to be with you. Uh, Brett Tangley and President and CEO of Sterling Water Incorporated. We are a uh, third-generation family business of Culligan franchise dealerships uh, located in northern Wisconsin and central Minnesota. Great. Glad to have you on the program. Denise? Thanks, Wes. Uh, I have two companies, Shed Water, which is just a small distributor of a couple products. And uh, the larger of the two is Urban's Aqua, which my brother and I are partners in, Michael Urban's. And uh, we're a wholesale distributor of, uh, obviously, water treatment materials. And most of our goods stay on the East Coast. And you are based in? Just outside of Philadelphia. Okay, great. Doug? Doug Herring, I'm with Clack Corporation. And uh, I'll mention that I'm 
master water specialist, certified installer, and certified water treatment representative. I know that uh, recently we've been making the push to really let people know our certification levels, which I have always felt is very important. But Clack Corporation is based in Windsor, Wisconsin. And some people may not know that we also have a location in Rogers, Arkansas, where we do quite a bit of manufacturing, uh, as well as a distribution center in Phoenix, Arizona, and our new distribution center in Jacksonville, Florida. Great. Well, again, thanks for uh, all of you agreeing to be on the podcast and taking your time, a valuable time to do that and chat with us. But I thought it would be great, especially as we are in November, we like to classify uh, uh, November as Member Appreciation Month. We're talking to members, we're putting on webinars, we're uh, just making sure they are aware of the fact that we appreciate their membership and being part of the association because it's sort of this ongoing cyclical symbiotic relationship, right? The the more our members are involved and engaged, the better the association, the better the association, the more attractive it is to become a member. So uh, just in general, I, I was curious about how the year is wrapping up for you. So Brett, back to you again to start with uh, 2021 characterize it, summarize it, whatever you uh, want to do in terms of how this year is finishing up for you and or your company. Yeah, Wes, you know, I would say this, that 2021 has been a very strong year for consumer demand of our products and services. And I think as I chat with my friends and colleagues in the industry, I, I hear that from more than uh, hear that more than not, that that consumer demand for the products and services that we provide is high and strong. I think the pandemic has highlighted a number of factors that have made uh, improving your water at home, uh, namely to be very attractive and something that you wanted to work on. So we've had a very robust finish and really uh, entire 2021 so we're very excited about that. That doesn't mean it comes without challenges, Wes. It certainly does. It certainly has been a challenge on the supply side. And and uh, often I, I giggle about it a little bit because everything that I predicted would be true about business in, in the, once the pandemic sort of started in March of 2020, I really kind of had it backwards. I, I was concerned about demand and and really what ended up happening, truthfully, was I was wrong about demand supply, whether it's about labor or product or distribution logistics, has been a far greater challenge for us than uh, getting consumers excited about being with us. So we're thrilled. Um, being an essential business, obviously, has made a big impact on that as well. Denise, how about you? Well, it's a trickle down from where... Brett is. We are uh, supplying dealers and it's going to be a record year for us. Um, of course, we're not in business that long, but it's it's astounding how much business has grown. Uh, like like Brett, it's had its challenges. And mostly for us, it's been uh, on the supply side, just trying to get stuff and ship stuff. And um, one of the things that we've had to do uh, which is sort of cut back on the business is we've had to make sure that we supply our customers rather than customers who are reaching out that 
have never purchased from us before. And that's that's a little disappointing when you do all the work to to get this business to come in. They find you on the web and then all of a sudden you you can't you have nothing to sell them. And um so that's disappointing. But on the other hand, we're getting enough business from our regular customers that it's been a really great year. Great. Great to hear. Doug, how about you? Well, everything trickles down or trickles up. I'm not sure which direction, but uh, being with a major manufacturer in Clack Corporation, <clears throat> it, it's been a banner year for us. Uh, it's hard to believe that we've been in this mess, I guess you can call it, for 18, 19 months already. Uh, but one of the things that that I've seen being remote from Clack uh, and, and dealing with our customers and trying to get them the product that they need, uh, it has been a huge challenge for us. You know, we, we hear so much about supply chain issues and Certainly we have those. There are shipping issues that have come into play uh, <clears throat> a lot more than I would have anticipated. And then, of course, you have your personnel situations where we're just on a day-to-day basis. You know, if we had more people in-house, more people willing to, to work and uh, be in the production aspect of our business on a day-to-day basis, we'd be able to increase our production even more than we have. One of the things that we've done is to refine some of our production. When we get into these types of situations where uh, the orders just keep piling in and uh, we're looking for any way possible to increase our production, our engineering department has done an excellent job of refining some of the things that we've been doing year in and year out to the point where we've been able to increase production on primarily our control valves, but also mineral tanks and brine tanks and all the essentials that our customers uh, like Urban's Aqua and, and the trickle, trickle down effect that they all need, you know, desperately to supply their customers so that the, uh, the dealers can then in turn supply their customers. So it's, uh, it's had its challenges for sure, but uh, things have, have been moving in the right direction as far as production improvements and um, supply chain is a challenge for everyone. But I, I will say that our purchasing department has done a, a fantastic job of keeping us supplied with raw materials and parts and pieces much, much better than I would have anticipated if we went back six to 12 months ago. Well, I did talk to somebody at a major manufacturer who said that he expected supply chain issues to abate, I don't know, entirely, but by the second quarter of 2022. How how, how uh, much do you feel that is correct or uh, incorrect? Denise, let me start with you and kind of where, where are you leaning in that direction when it comes to supply chain and perhaps other challenges for 2022? Well, I'm leaning in the direction of listening to the big guys because when we were uh, with at mid-year leadership conference, um, there was a little bit of a, a difference between the two speakers, but it, it, uh, it seems like it'll be mid to late 2022. Um, what, what I wonder with the supply chain is whether at a certain point 
there's going to be a glut of equipment because the orders that we see coming in now are people who would normally buy six units, say, and now they're giving us an order for 20 units. So at a certain point, all of this is going to ship. Uh, and we don't want to take it back, obviously. I, I can't send it back to my supplier, so I'm not going to take it back. So at a certain point, there's probably going to be a lot out there that has to be sold. So just like now, we, you know, we're having a really good, we had a really good October. Um, and that was without our biggest customer giving us orders because we didn't have anything to sell them. Um, so I think we're going to see something opposite of that. Doug, back to you on this. Yeah, I, I wish I could look in my crystal ball and, and give you a, an accurate uh, forecast. That's that's a really difficult question to answer. I'm, I would say that I'm actually hoping that things relax a bit, and I hope that it happens slowly instead of, as Denise had mentioned, that it drops off the table because that would make it difficult for everyone. We are anticipating at some point for things to scale back significantly, but I, I have no idea really, Wes, what that time frame would be. Uh, it would be simply a, a guess because things are so strong at this point. And when I talk to the accounts that I cover, um, we're just we're not seeing that things are relaxing at this point. So the question, I guess the bottom line is, where does the panic buying end and things begin to be more whatever normal is in this day and age? Uh, when does it scale back and, and how quickly does it scale back? But I seriously don't think we're going to see a significant drop off oh boy, until probably third or fourth quarter of 2022. All right. And Brett, as you take a stab at this question, uh, I would imagine that one of the other unknowns is this consumer demand that you were talking about earlier, that people concerned about their water and uh, just the quality of water in their home. Uh, does that is, is that maintained or does that fall off? Right. Yeah, Wes, you know, I to your question, I don't believe that consumers are going to get less interested or less concerned or less have a have a lower propensity to want to have high quality water in their home and in their life what i and i also think that what's interesting if you look at the united states on this one is is that consumers have been saving a lot of money right so so savings are at a, at a high people have uh, some discretionary things in, that they would like to purchase. And so I I believe that one of the things that, that could happen to Wes is that we want to make sure that we're in a position to take advantage of it when it happens so that they don't miss, you know, that they don't, that they don't look for something else um, to spend discretionary monies on. In, in terms of what I hear from what Denise and and Doug shared, you know, I think it's going to be later into 2022. In fact, I, I think 2022 is going to look a lot like 21. I think it will inch towards improvement. I think there'll be some spikes. There's never a curve that's a, that's a straight line. I think it will be filled with some peaks and valleys. And But what I do hear is that's very compelling is I hear manufacturing across the world 
in the other parts and other regions of the world where a lot of our products are are made. That side of the business is is okay. Where where I'm really unsettled and uncertain, Wes, is the logistics when it gets uh, either to our ports or to our shores, and how that logistically is going to be addressed in terms of the, the, the stockpile, if you will, of ships that are offshore, and then they get into port and how we get them moved around, and the logistics about trucking shortages, uh, the, the shortage of over-the-road trucking, etc. I think those this just gets shifted and and elevated on that front and I don't know if that's a quick fix knowing all the the moving parts that has to go into that in order for it to work smoothly. So uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take a far more conservative approach and say I'm anticipating 2022 to look a lot like 2021 with just what I'm going to hope is you know, sustained improvement across the landscape. Well, with all of that in mind, Doug, I'll start with you on this one. Is there anything you plan to do differently in the coming year? Can you do diff- something differently to approach all of this? Or is it pretty much if, you know, if you have the same similar situation in front of you, it, it's more or less the same response? Well, I think we're going to continue very similarly to the way we've been doing business. But as I had mentioned earlier, we're refining a lot of our our production lines. We're increasing the ability to um, produce control valves, for example. And we've increased the number of test stands that we have so that we can get the control valves once they're uh, built and completed through the test stand because we test every single control valve before it goes into the end carton. And we're not going to compromise that at all. Rich Clack from day one, as uh, he's a stickler for uh, uh, taking care of making sure that the product is right before it goes out the door. Now, yes, we have glitches here and there, and we have challenges with new personnel getting trained properly, as everyone does. If we could increase the number of people that we have and keep them in the positions that they're trained well in, that would help immensely. So I think that it's more uh, just making sure that we're doing things right and any any way that we can refine the process and speed the process will get the product out the door even quicker. Uh, I don't see us doing anything differently from 2021. We're, we're small, we're nimble. We're forced to work harder because we're small and nimble, <laughs> and uh, it things will go on exactly the way they have in 2021 for us, with maybe a couple more vacations. <laughs> well, I'd sure like to pile on to that, Denise, that's for sure. I, I sure like the sounds of that last part of that, Wes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity well, and, and Wes, not to take the podcast sideways, but I, I would say amongst all of this wonderful demand and uh, business, you know, Denise coming about record years, many people having record kinds of years. Uh, I would, I think my colleagues would agree that it just hasn't been as much fun. The success, uh, although it's been there financially or it's been there in performance and it's been there in market penetration and sales, 
the toll that it has taken is real. And, and the desire for people to be finding that balance has been more difficult than ever. So it really leads into my answer to your question, which is I think the one thing we're doing differently is we've really been forced to take a super hard and clinical look at how we are uh, sourcing people, how we're retaining people, how we're finding employees, uh, how we're treating employees, how we're garnering their feedback, the kinds of programs and opportunities that we provide, the development. And that I think, uh, Wes, that we are taking an approach that really looks through the eyes of serving our employee team as effectively and fully as we can and freeing them up then to do the same or do likewise for the consumer. And and that may not sound like a big change to a lot of people, but I will say to you that for, for my in my case, we always made decisions in the past with the consumer front and center, always. And now what we're talking about is we still have that consumer front and center, but rather than the organization looking at serving the consumer, we're serving the employee, our internal consumer, who then subsequently serves the external consumer. And that's really, I think, uh, an improvement and a change that we're going to put a lot of energy towards in our organization. You know, I wanted to just say something. I'm sorry. I wanted to say something. Michael had Michael said something that I thought was was so true. It's been the success has been intoxicating, but the hangovers are worse. <laughs> That's right. It's really what Brett was saying. Very true. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing from Clack's standpoint. We've been uh, anytime anyone wants to work overtime. We've been paying it. We've worked through holidays till we finally got to the point where we had to start giving them holidays off so that uh, they could refresh and regroup a little bit because our employees have just been doing such a great job of trying to pick up the slack. Well, and you know, Wes, I, I would say this too, that, you know, to the WQA's credit, uh, really had a terrific show in Las Vegas in the summer of 2021 uh, albeit smaller and albeit uh, w- with some different protocols, I think we've proven, your crew has proven that we can still have effective in-person uh, sessions and keep people healthy and also do those ever important uh, functions and meetings that need be. So I absolutely, I think Orlando will only be a market improvement to that with vaccination rates and uh, etc improving every day i think you guys are going to have a terrific show and that was brett tangley along with denise urbans and doug herring an all-star panel discussion on wqa radio our WQA tip, join us for our Member Appreciation Month events taking place during November. Go to wqa.org appreciate to see all of the opportunities for you. And if you're not a member, join now so you can participate in these events and become part of the growing water treatment community. Go to wqa.org membership.
Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.